As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Wednesday, September 8th, and we're doing something a little bit different on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It's something we're going to be doing all season long. It's going to be me, Michael Beller, and Derek Van Riper bringing you the old fantasy football in 15 episodes right here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast feed. So these are going to be short episodes focused on one specific topic. Every Wednesday, we are talking Survivor. Every Friday, we'll be talking DFS. And then every Sunday evening into Monday morning, depending on when you prefer to listen to it, we'll be taking a very early look at that week's waiver wire DVR. Our first FF in 15 on TAFFP. How you doing? Love the acronyms. Doing great <laughs> and uh, excited for the season to get underway. Oh my God, me too, man. It's been, you know, I, I enjoy the uh, lead up to the football uh, season because of fantasy and all the talk we get to do about it and drafts and auctions and everything, but I'm ready for that to be done. I'm ready for the season to be here and it will be here just about 24 hours from uh, when you and I are recording, maybe more like 28 hours from when you and I are recording this episode. We'll be sitting down to watch the Bucks and the Cowboys kick off the season and it's an appropriate game to mention because it is one of the more popular survivor picks of the week. So that's what we're going to do. DVR and I, every single Wednesday, we're going to come to you. We're going to talk survivor. We're going to talk about the most popular plays on the board. We're going to give you our picks. We're going to give you some secondary picks in case you've used the ones that we are backing. We'll give you some teams to avoid. And then if you need to get a little bit crazy or want to get a little bit crazy, we'll give you a team that maybe you're not thinking about a little off the beaten path, but could be one that we get behind as well. So we'll start right at the top, the most popular picks on the board. And these are according to uh, Yahoo's um, survivor pool metrics. So they uh, get the whole pool together, get the whole pool of people who are playing survivor on Yahoo, and they show you what the percentage breakdown is. It's really not much of a surprise. It's pretty much conventional wisdom every single week. This week, you've got the San Francisco 49ers, seven and a half point, seven and a half point favorites in Detroit. They're the most popular pick on the board. That's followed up by the Rams on Sunday Night Football, also seven and a half point favorites against the Bears. Then we've got the Buccaneers and the Cowboys on Thursday night. That game's fluctuating between six and a half, seven, depending on where you get it, but the Buccaneers about touchdown favorites. 
favorites against the Cowboys. And then the Panthers, actually the fourth most popular pick. They're right in the four and a half to five point favorite range. They're at home against the New York Jets. DVR, do you go with one of those most popular plays this week? So I do. I think from a, a general strategy standpoint, the first month of Survivor is a month in which I am much more comfortable doing what the masses do if I like that play. I'm not worried about knocking everybody out. I'm worried about actually having a shot at winning the pool later on. I think as you move into October and hopefully into November, that's when you have to be a little more creative with the I'm going to zig where everybody else zags. I'm going to take the third or fourth most popular team on the board instead of the first or second most popular team on the board. And obviously, part of the strategy is making sure that of the teams that are, are chalky early on, that you're not necessarily burning a team that you're going to want to use later. I think that's also part of the calculus for me uh, each and every week. But I, I look at this board this week, and I think the masses are probably right. I think San Francisco, even on the road, even with an early kickoff in Detroit, even with some of the uncertainty about how they're going to handle the quarterback position this year. I think they're a great pick for this week. And part of it is the lack of future value. I think the NFC West is a tough division. There are at least six games this season that I'm not going to feel good about using San Francisco. I think when I look at the Lions roster, what is good about this team? I mean, there are a few <laughs> exciting players on the offensive side. Like The entire fantasy football draft season was a mix of I'm really worried about DeAndre Swift because the Lions can screw this up. I, I I agree with that. I think they can screw that up. TJ Hawkinson's probably their best pass catcher right now because of the state of their receiving core. Defensively, are they the kind of team that's going to get consistent pressure? Are they going to get consistent stops? I don't see anything about that team that I truly like. And given that we can't pick on the Texans as easily this week, given the mm -hmm. uncertainty about the current state of the Jags, the Lions were kind of my default. Oh, great. Who do they have? And even though they're at home, I am perfectly content to take San Francisco going in there and getting the opening week win. I'll give you one thing that is good about the Lions. They actually, especially for a bad team, have what looks like on paper a pretty decent offensive line. It's like the one thing that they've invested in over these last couple of seasons. And so I do think that with that up front, if those guys stay healthy, they're not going to be as completely helpless offensively as the rest of their skill talent would suggest they would be. But then otherwise... I'm right there with you, and I think this is a totally fine pick. Uh, I do think there are going to be uh, spots to use the 49ers later in the season. I think I'm maybe a little bit more bullish on them bouncing back to being a Super Bowl contender again this season than you are, but I don't see any reason to stay away from this pick. I don't think there's any you know pot odds reason to stay away from them the way there is some of these other teams that are popular that we'll get to in a second because it, it just feels like a very unlikely scenario in which Detroit pulls off the upset and knocks off San Francisco. So this, for me, uh, gets my endorsement as well, but it's not the one I'm going to go to. I'm also going to go NFC West over NFC North, but I'm going to go to Sunday Night Football and take the Rams over the Bears. I'm actually kind of optimistic about the Bears this season. 8-8 eight and eight each of the last two years with dreadful quarterback play. It's a pretty decent roster that the Bears have brought into this 2021 season and eventually will add Justin Fields to it, but not in week one. 
Andy Dalton's going to be the starting quarterback week one. They go on the road to take on the Rams in what feels like the real opening of SoFi Stadium. That is a brutal defense to go up against. Matthew Stafford, the uh, addition of him is a big upgrade over what this team had in Jared Goff at the quarterback position over the last couple of seasons. And so I think we can finally see, you know, Sean McVay's coaching mind fully unleashed with Matthew Stafford under center. So I, I just feel very good about the Rams being able to get this win. I don't necessarily think this is a, a fade of the Bears so much as it is just a belief in the Rams being able to protect home field. They're just the better team top to bottom. Uh, the the spread suggests that with them being favored by more than a touchdown here, even going up against a team that has some talent on both sides of the ball in the Bears. It's just all lined up in a way that makes me feel pretty comfortable about the Rams getting the win in this one. And I think something that we need to drive home about this week is, you know, we sort of see with our picks, you're taking a road team in week one. I'm taking a Rams team that is better than the Bears, but certainly no doormat are the Bears. It's a pretty tough week one slate out there, DVR for Survivor. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think usually in week one, there's a, a bigger favorite that you feel great about. I feel good about San Francisco. I don't feel great about them. I think your case for the Rams is compelling. I think it is always a little more comforting to take a team at home, especially when you're talking about a West Coast team going on the road. That's like the one quirky thing about picking San Francisco that I don't like. A West Coast team with the early kickoff is always something that I'm a little bit nervous about. But again, the circumstances are such that I'm comfortable doing it in this case. The Rams were probably my second choice if I had to actually rank beyond that. Uh, Tampa Bay on Thursday night, and they're eight-point favorites. I Choosing mm-hmm. Brady and Bruce Arians against Mike McCarthy seems like a pretty safe thing to do, too. I think Tampa Bay is going to have a lot of appeal throughout the season. So that's part of the reason why I want to save them for a little bit later as well. But if you want to go with Tampa Bay, I'm not going to talk you out of that either. Yeah, I wouldn't talk you out of Tampa Bay either. It's one of my favorite plays every year is that Super Bowl champion on Thursday night. I like it for Survivor. I like them against the spread. And again, they're six and a half, seven, depending on where you're looking. And so it's just, it's always, I mean, that that Super Bowl defending champ feeling always really comes through uh, on Thursday night football. That would be my secondary pick as well. And our secondary picks, I think, are going to have a little bit more weight once we get to next week. Because, you know, we're going to give you some picks next week, and you may not be able to use those picks. Everyone has ever every team available this week. So it's hard for us to push off of these two teams in the Niners and the Rams that we like a lot, especially when you then add the Bucks, a third team that both of us also like. I would say maybe the Ravens, if you really wanted to save those teams, I could see taking the Ravens Monday night football, their four and a half point favorites against the Raiders. It feels a little dicey, and it's why I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it anywhere. I've got I've got multiple survivor pools. I have multiple entries in a lot of those pools. I'm not taking the Ravens anywhere. But if you really don't want the Niners, don't want the Rams, don't want the Bucks, if you told me to take those three teams off the table, I could see going with the Ravens just because of a they're comfortably better than their opponent. I think that is absolutely true, even with the injury issues that they come into week one with the very thin receiving core, no J.K. Dobbins. I still think that the Ravens pound for pound a better team than the Raiders. So they would be that next up pick for me. But again, no reason to get cute in week one, I don't think. Is there another team that we haven't talked about that you would look at as, yeah, sure, if the people, if you're not convincing people with our other picks, you could get on board with? I mean, you could probably talk me into Kansas City at home most weeks. They're a six and a half point favorite against Cleveland, but Cleveland's not bad. I, yes. I don't, I don't really like in week one picking against a team that is not expected to be a bad team. The Browns should be a playoff team this year. They could win the division. Like that's absolutely in their range of outcomes. So 
Uh, could they go into Kansas City and pull off an upset? Of course, but uh, I think I would err on the side of the Bucks being the uh, preferred third option and Kansas City probably being my clear fourth option if you're not going to go Niners or Rams. Let's look at the other side of this. Who are you telling people to avoid? Who are you saying definitely don't back this week, week one in Survivor? The Bills, for as big of a favorite as they are, are not a team I feel that good about. I don't know what it is about the Steelers that makes me think that they're going to do any better in this matchup than they did late in the season against Buffalo. I think this was really kind of the the moment of truth. Everyone, If you didn't think the Steelers were a fraud last season until they, they played Buffalo, like that was your proof. That was your game where you're like, oh, this team's not nearly as good as their record would indicate. I think it was fairly easy to see it. What has changed? Like, are the Steelers that much better? With Najee Harris, they should be able to run the ball a lot better than they did in that matchup late last season. Otherwise, like, I guess like that's the that's the best argument for the Bills. Like, not a lot has really changed with the Steelers. A lot of uncertainty with T.J. Watt and how much he's going to play. Mm-hmm. So that works against the Steelers' defense as well. But something about this game, I, I don't know if it's just that I think the Steelers are going to hang around a bit more. Maybe this is more of spread picks concern than survivor concern. But the Bills, for as much as they were favored, did not jump out to me as a team that I wanted to use in Survivor this week. There's just going to be better spots to use the Bills. I, I think the Bills win this game in, in a confidence pool where you're just picking winners. I have the Bills with a lot of points attached to them. I think they definitely win. I think they're comfortably the better team. But there's just going to be better spots to use the Bills than this one at home. Six and a half point favorites against the Steelers. And you know, TJ Watt sounds like he's at least going to play. And this team already had a very strong front seven. And then they go out and they add Joe Schobert. In uh, free agency, they bring him to this team. So, you know, there's this is going to be a very good defense once again this year. There's no question about that. So I could see the Bills hanging around and at least making your survivor pick uncomfortable if you're backing the Bills. There's going to be better spots to take the Bills. Don't risk it here in week one. For me, the landmine DVR is the Panthers. And I was surprised to see them be as popular as they are. Again, the fourth most popular play in Survivor this week behind Niners over Lions, Rams over Bears, and Bucks over Cowboys. And those are the three that we like. And then you've got the Panthers checking in around 13% among Yahoo selections. And that just feels very risky to me. And I am on record as liking the Panthers this season. I think they take a big step forward. I think the second year of the Matt Rule and Joe Brady era could be very lucrative for this offense. I think getting Sam Darnold out of New York and into Carolina was a great gamble for this team. It either works out and they found themselves a quarterback or it doesn't work out and he's just on the team for one year anyway. I thought that was a great move by them. Like the skilled players around them, you get a healthy Christian McCaffrey back. I do think there's a lot to like about this team, but we still haven't actually seen it. Like it's still just a theory at this point. And you bring a Jets team to Carolina that also has a very good offensive line, a new quarterback in Zach Wilson, a lot of new weapons around him. Maybe Sam Tarnold would still be on the Jets if he had the brand of weapons that Zach Wilson is going to get to play with this season. And so I just don't think that there's as wide a gap between these teams as the four and a half, five point spread would suggest. I think the Jets are a little bit better. I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets were a frisky, fringy playoff contender on the AFC side of the bracket. And so it, it's a risk. I think it's a big risk. I'm, st- I'm probably picking Carolina to win, but it just feels like a big risk to put your survivor line, uh, your survivor life on the line on this new look team before we've really seen them in action. I almost don't care. Maybe if they were playing the Texans, maybe if they were playing the Lions, I could get on board with it. But any team above that, and the Jets are certainly above that, it feels like a risk to me. So one that's very easy for me to avoid. And then DVR, you do factor in the pot odds considerations. And you could see 
10, 12, 15% of your pool, maybe go out on the Panthers. That's a risk I want to take and one we don't often get in week one. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think the Jets are at least going to hang around in that game. And Carolina is a perfect prove it sort of team. I want to watch them. I want to see how Sam Darnold looks. Revenge game for him. Obviously, that's a fun little side narrative. But I, I think as a Maybe we're confusing the quality of of what we think Carolina's offense is going to be from a fantasy perspective versus the actual success of that team winning games week to week. I think there could be a little bit of a disconnect there. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, so we are on record. You are on the 49ers. I am on the Rams. We're going to continue. So assuming we both win, you know, next week, DVR won't be able to pick the 49ers. I won't be able to pick the Rams. That's where those secondary picks that we offer up are going to come in handy. And that's also where the let's get crazy picks come in handy. Again, we're probably not going to do this this week. You probably don't need to do this this week. This is going to be something that's a lot more valuable down the line. But if you are a risk taker and you don't want to be on the popular teams and you want to save San Fran and you want to save the Rams and you want to save Tampa and you want to take shots at some of these teams, maybe getting upset and a lot of people getting knocked out, then maybe you do do this. So who is an off-the-board sort of play for you, DVR, that you could be talked into or maybe a few weeks down the line when your circumstances are different would try to talk people into taking? Yeah, I'm just kind of curious about New England. I mean, I think if I had to go completely outside the top five or six teams for a survivor pick in week one, I'd be very intrigued. They're home against Miami. I think New England at home is always a bet that I feel generally good about. I love that Belichick's already in in mid-season form with his quotes. There was one from his presser on Wednesday. Someone asked him, what will be Mac Jones' biggest challenge in his first NFL start on Sunday? And Belichick came back with, I don't know. We'll see. There's a lot of things that happen in a football game. And I just, like, okay. But like they made a pretty big decision to move on from Cam Newton yes. and to make Mac Jones their week one starter. But I think they did that with good reason, right? I, mean, I think I tr- would trust Belichick based on his track record that he would get a decision like that right. So... Uh, maybe I have a little bit of added confidence in Mac Jones because of the success he had at Bama, but I think the Patriots might be sneaky good because they're going to be more proficient offensively and still very good defensively this season. So uh, I like them probably more than the field in week one, obviously not playing them in Survivor, but I think we're going to find them useful sooner than we expected for Survivor in future weeks. Was surprised to see that spread down to two and a half. And I know that, you know, Miami's a 10 win team and they've got some big expectations coming into this season. Good reason to believe that Tua Tonga Vailoa can take a big step forward in his second year. And I'm very, very much on record on this show as to being one of the believers. But two and a half still felt a little bit light for the spread on that game. I'm also going to a game that's two and a half. This is actually a game that I love. This is a game that I am playing, talking about it on our gambling podcast, Best on the Board. It's a game I'm playing there. It's a game I'm playing in Super Contest. Pretty much across the board, I'm finding ways to invest in the Broncos over the Giants. They're two and a half point favorites in this game in New York. And I just think this has train wreck written all over it for the Giants. You're talking about a team with a bad offensive line, 
We saw that on display time and time and time again in the preseason. It was true about this team last year, and they didn't do enough to rectify it. You're talking about a quarterback in Daniel Jones coming off one of the worst quarterback seasons that we have seen in recent memory, and it's certainly one of the worst QB seasons we've seen a guy have and then not be challenged at all for his starting job the next season. And I understand why you wouldn't challenge Daniel Jones. I'm just putting it in that perspective that most guys who have the season that Daniel Jones had would at least come into the next year with some sort of quarterback competition. It was a brutal season. The star running back in Saquon Barkley is going to play, certainly, but he's probably not 100% after the torn ACL from a year ago and didn't participate all that much in summer preseason work and training camp work and all of that good stuff. And then the big splash signing, the guy who's supposed to help Daniel Jones this year, Kenny Galladay, didn't see the field all summer long because of a hamstring injury, and he might not play in this game. And you're talking about that going up against a very strong Denver defense that made some big additions in the secondary. They uh, drafted Patrick Sertan. They bring in Ronald Darby. This is just a different-looking secondary to go with Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and those guys up front. And so I think this is a really, really tough matchup for the Giants in Week 1. I don't find any concerns really with the start time. First of all, it's just two time zones with Denver going from the mountain to the east. And this is a late kick, a 425 Eastern kickoff on Sunday. So no concerns with the body clock for the Broncos. I love this game. I love it at minus two and a half. I think it is something that you can gamble on in survivor pools. It's actually one DVR that I would think about if I have like three entries in one survivor pool. I would think about risking one on the Broncos because I think that they actually roll in this one. Right, you get some week one chaos, and I'd imagine there are very few people on your pool going this far down their list, so you get a lot of leverage. Yeah, man, I certainly hope that that ends up happening because I do think I'm I'm, I'm like talking myself into it in the moment because I do have one survivor pool where I have three entries, and uh, I think one of those is going to be on the Broncos, and then I get to sit back on Sunday and root for chaos, and then of course hope that I am right about the Broncos. That's what we're going to try to do every single uh, week here when we're talking Survivor with you on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We're going to try to be right, give you that reasoned analysis, and help you get through to the next week, just like we want to do ourselves. That's going to do it for this edition of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We are back on Thursday as me, Brandon Funston, and Jake Seeley get together to talk week one rankings. For Derek Van Riper, I'm Michael Beller. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.